Hi, and welcome to The Leap. We are really glad you're here and want to thank you for joining us today. This is your podcast to guide you on how you too can make the leap from working for someone else to being in business for yourself full time. Before we dive in, remember you can find the entertaining video version of this episode and others on YouTube. Now, let's begin. Here's your host and fellow Leaper, Tim May. Hello and welcome to The Leap. It's your host, Tim May. So happy that you're here with us today. I've got a special guest and good friend in the building today, Mrs. Stephen Weir. How you doing, Stephen? Doing great, Tim. How you doing? I'm doing great. This is going to be an exciting time. I'm really excited to be here. Let's jump right on into it. How about that? Sure. Um, you know, on The Leap, what we like to do is we like to inspire, but also give some practical knowledge on how people themselves can take The Leap. Meaning go from working for someone else full time to working for themselves full time. And you've recently done that. Um, let's kind of jump into your story. But first, tell our audience, what do you do and what's the name of your company? Sure. So I run a small consulting firm called Weir Consulting. Um, we primarily are fractional CFOs. And so what that means is I have about five different companies and I'm the CFO for each of them. Um, each company has a little bit different need, um, depending on their business, depending on who the leader of that organization is, um, depending on what their goals are. And so what I do can change from minute to minute and day to day. Um, but it's a lot of really helping people, um, figure out what their goals are and then putting feet through those goals, um, in terms of financially what needs to happen. Um, and so I'm, some days I'm I'm in deep into you know debits and credits on the accounting side, but other times or we're talking more about um, you know if if you want to achieve this goal by 2025, what needs to happen in 2020, um, and let's make sure that's happening. Let's make sure that's that's financially realistic. Um, so it's a it's a really neat way to kind of get to know a bunch of different businesses and support a bunch of different um, customers. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. What is, so for our audience, what is a CFO? What does that stand for? So CFO stands for Chief Financial Officer. So you can think about CEO as the, the Chief Executive Officer, CFO, Chief Financial Officer. Um, you maybe hear CHRO, Chief Human Resource Officer. It's it's the person who's in the, who works closest with the leadership of an organization to work on their financial um, activities. And so, for example, I might have a leader come to me who's very um, experienced in, you know, software development, and they can build, you know, a website or a machine learning application or, or whatever. And that's what they want to do, and that's where their experience is. But they do not understand the the financial side very well. It's usually not because they they can't. It's usually because they just don't have the time to, mm-hmm. or they um, they know they they don't have the experience that you need. And so I'll come in and help them manage. Um, their financial situation so they can go back and do the thing that they actually really like to do. Right. Um, we tend to focus on smaller businesses. Once you get about to, you know, 25 or $30 million in revenue or above that, you tend to hire a full-time CFO. And so you don't necessarily need um, uh, somebody like me coming in part-time. Um, but once you, you know, below 20 and I'd say above, you know, even half a million sometimes, depending mm. on how complex the organization is, you can really use somebody to come in and help support um, your your um, financial processes, and then also your financial strategy. So give me maybe an example of something specific that you would help, kind of that smaller size. So that million, maybe half a million up to maybe about 8 million. Mm-hmm. What is one of the, obviously they may have goals, so it would depend on what they want. 
But what's something of value, like practical, that you would add value to? Because if they don't have one, it's like, well, what would make someone need to have a fractional uh, CFO? What value would you give for someone like that? What would be the benefit? That's a great question. So, you know, I'll, I'll contrast it with, with your personal finances. So most, a lot of people live with personal finances and they, they just kind of have the checking account. Money comes into that checking account and then the money goes out. And, you know, if you're, you know, you save some of it, um, you spend some of it and you kind of try to, you kind of have a feel for how it is, but it's not very scientific. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of live that way. That works for personal finances. Um, and then a lot of times people will start a small business and it'll grow. And all of a sudden they'll have a payroll to hit every month. Um, and that payroll is, you know, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 a month, right? That's not a cheap, that's not a small amount of money. Um, and then at the end of the year, they're going to wonder whether or not they, they're actually making money. And it's not clear because money comes in and out of the account and you got this invoice and you have a stack of invoices that you haven't paid and you have these other, other people that you haven't billed. And all of a sudden, it just gets a little overwhelming and it gets complex I and mean, it takes a decent amount of effort to, to organize that correctly. And so what we'll come in and do is we'll help set up systems um, so that, you know, um, I mean, at the base level, we can, we can set up your payroll. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, it's a pretty easy thing to do, yeah. um, but we could do something like that. But more than that, we'll say, okay, well, over the course of the year, you know, you're trying to make this much money. Um, this so far this year, you've spent this much money, um, which means you are on track or you're not on track. Okay. Um, and here's kind of the easiest way to read your financial performance so far. And then here's what you need to do um, over the rest of the year in order to hit those financial goals. Um, so we're, we're pretty far away from some people hear uh, financial stuff and they think I'm going to tell them about stock markets and mutual <laughs> funds. I'm not going to tell them about that. Other times people think I'm going to tell them about, you know, a brand new way to make money. And I'm not going to tell them about that either. Like their business is, is their business. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to tell you about is in your current business, like how are things going? And how are you going to get to the goals you need to get to? And then we'll also on the on the um, we also will we'll just help manage the complexity. And so the leader, instead of having a, a balance sheet in front of them, doesn't make any sense or, or not understanding what's happening, we'll give the leader, and we do we customize it pretty deeply for the given leader. Um, we'll give them information that makes sense to them in their context and help that helps that leader make decisions. Um, sometimes people will call that management accounting. Um, mm-hmm. So it's accounting for managers so they can make decisions and distinguish that from, say, tax accounting, which tax accounting is just about whatever your tax bill needs to be at the end of the year. Okay. Okay. This is the reason why I love what you're talking about and what you do. Because when you are an entrepreneur, you're a, a business owner, it's crucial. Like, it's absolutely crucial for you to have specialists. What I found when I was an employee, I didn't have to be as much of a specialist. Mm-hmm. But like when you own a business, it's so vital to have specialists because you can't be a jack of all trades and be successful. That's right. And what I'm hearing from you is having a fractional CFO allows you to have a specialist that knows their stuff that can help manage and help with that process of that specific function so that you can be the key agent to a lot of the money-making aspects of the business. Would I be right by saying that? That's absolutely right. Um, yeah, I mean, the the way that money flows in and flows out um, is needs to be watched. But man, do business owners have time to watch all that yeah. stuff? Like, no. And you you think this wouldn't be possible, but I can't I can't tell you how many folks will ask me how much money do I have in the bank, right? <sighs> and I'm like, well we have this much in the bank right now, but then you owe this much, which you need to pay the next 15 days, but then you have this much that's going to come in in the next 30 days. Um, and, and that's just, pe- um, people just didn't know how to answer those questions. I actually, you know, harken back to one of my 
earlier experiences, um, actually where I, where I first got to know you, Tim, when I was the leader of a nonprofit um, in the East End of Richmond. And I got in there and I remember asking, you know, how much money do we have in our bank account? And through no fault of their own, but I just, I just didn't even know what question to ask and they didn't know. And so it was just a very confusing financial situation. And it took us like six to eight months to really clarify wow. what that is. And now um, the, the, at least financial mechanics of it all work pretty well. And I bet you that's not uncommon. I mean, a lot of people just want to be able to pay those bills early on and meet payroll and and be able to handle expenses. And there's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of businesses actually go out of business, not because they don't have money and business coming in. It's because of the management of the money that is coming in. I just, oh my gosh, it's just, um, I I love it. I love (laughs) what you, I love what you do. And it'll be a lot of value uh, to, to people who are kind of in that space. But let's jump back into your let's jump into your story a little bit. Where where are you from? And um, maybe talk about you know where you went to school, if you went to school, and kind of what you studied and stuff like that. Sure. So um, we were growing up, we were in the military, um, and so we bounced around a good bit. Um, landed in Texas, and I got a math degree from Texas A and M. Um, seems like uh, ages ago, but it was <laughs> two thousand four, yeah. um, and. And actually, at that point, wanted to do um, wanted. I actually ended up getting a, a, a degree in higher education administration, actually, and I wanted to kind of work at universities. Ended up deciding against that. Um, got a job here in Richmond, a corporate job, um, financial analyst, mm-hmm. and I spent eight and a half years just really with my head down in spreadsheets and numbers, trying to make sense of the financial um, world um, for that for that particular company. Um, left that and ran a nonprofit, um, in the East end of Richmond for four and a half years after that. Um, that's where I really kind of had to be the backstop. And, and I sort of, I feel like I learned how exciting it is to be accountable and responsible for everything, but then also be able to make decisions and, and to kind of cast some vision and, and see where things are going to go. Um, and so I was there for four and a half years and then left that, um, last, last summer, Though, because of the way nonprofits work, um, you know, it's it's really good if you can give a really long lead time. And so I had like six months where I was still working there, but also had a chance to evaluate where I was going to go next. And honestly, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. I never thought I'd go out on my own. Talk about uh, this. I, I, I want to hear about this because a lot of people probably feel the same way. Talk yeah. about this. Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, as, I remember thinking like, OK, where am I going to work next? What company is going to hire me? Um what does that mean for our family geographically? Can I can I still live in Richmond? Um, can I, you know, find something in a job in a job description that's going to be really great and something I really enjoy? And I sort of sat with that and looked around. Um, and then I had a, a friend who just kind of explained to me actually one pretty simple concept um, in some marketing analysis. And I was like, I can I could do that. And not only could I do that, I could do that on my own. Um, and I think I could make it work. Um, and so it, it, it was a, it was a, it was a long six months of like, can I really do that? Will anybody actually hire me? <laughs> um, I did, I will say some of the best things I did was I sat down with 12 different people who I knew and respected and asked them really, I had a list of, um, what they called empathetic questions. And these questions were designed to get, they were business owners that I was talking to and they were designed to get to their core problem in their business. The hypothesis being that people would be willing to pay me to solve the core problem of their business, but they probably weren't going to pay me to solve some like auxiliary problem that they didn't actually care about. Um, and so when I sat down and talked to them, I actually had a different idea than, than CFO. 
um, my idea was uh, marketing analysis. And I sat down and said, is marketing analysis a, a big problem? And, you know, they'd say like, yeah, it's a problem. We got we to gotta solve it. And then I, at the end, I'd say, well, how much would you be willing to pay for it? And they would just they'd say, probably nothing. I can't pay for that. And I said, well, what, what can you pay for? What would you pay for? And two of them actually said, we actually need somebody to be uh, help with our finances. And one actually named the term fractional CFO. I didn't know what a fractional CFO was. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I knew how to do math and I knew how to do financial stuff. And so I went home, looked up what fractional CFO was, realized that I probably could do it and was actually pretty suited for it and ended up signing up. Actually, both one of those is no longer my client, but um, I did work with her. And then the other one is still my client um, today. And then I've signed up a bunch of other clients as well. So if you are listening journey. to this right now, Stephen literally said, he didn't even know what the title of what he actually does for himself right now a year and a half ago. That's true. But he found out by asking questions. I say it all the time, Steve. The power is in the questions. Mm -hmm. Ask a bunch of questions. You said you ask empathetic questions. Like these are deep down real questions. Not, you know, it's not, oh, you know... My, my, my pinkies hurt. No, my heart hurts. Like you're right. asking real questions because the real questions are the ones that people will. When you answer problems, when you solve real problems, like you said, that's where people will pay. Right. And, and these don't need to be a mystery. The empathetic questions I ask were, what is your one of the main one I ask was, what is your biggest pain point today? And they'd say, do you mean from a financial or marketing perspective? And I'd say, no, no. I just mean from your business in your in your business, what's your biggest pain point? And what kind of came out was well, it was like, I don't, I don't know if we're succeeding. I don't know if we're financially gonna be okay this year. I don't, I I'm wondering, um, for nonprofit leaders, it's a lot about um, I'm wondering about my legacy and I'm wondering if if I, we're actually gonna can be able to say we accomplished the mission. And for small business owners, it's I wonder if you know if we're gonna miss payroll. Or I wonder if we're going to, if I'm gonna be able to um, you know, accomplish the goals I want to accomplish with my family. Um, and so all these, you know, when I asked this question, which is what's your biggest pain point, like all this information just came pouring out. Um, and honestly, it was a half a therapy session for, for them, but also I got a lot of great information. And so, um, when I asked that question and then I'd ask a couple other follow-up questions that were something along the lines of, you know, um, you know, how much money would you pay to solve that problem? Or 18 months from now, if I came in and, and was able to work on this, what would the solution look like? Um, all of a sudden they were just having these conversations that were just turned into dreams. In fact, I had to slow some folks down and I said, I, I, I'm not actually offering to work for you yet. I can't do that. Um, but I do want to, I want to talk through what success could look like and, and what your business could, could look like in a while. Um, and that just built a ton of trust. Um, it built a lot of, um, uh, it gave me a lot of good information. I also add, I, I took a ton of notes because I'd forget things. And I didn't want to forget some of these really important things people were telling me. So I'd take a ton of notes. Um, and that's really where it came from. Um, and, and since then, I've even when I bring on a new client, I do a pretty in-depth, like, what exactly are you trying to do? What's the core here? What's the challenge? Um, and in five years, what do you want to be true? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I, you, if you're listening to this uh, and you're thinking about owning a business, this is the process. Like. Mm -hmm. You can literally go from working for somebody else to being uh, full-time in business for yourself by exploring, asking questions, and solving problems. So let's talk about your, your journey to then 
making the decision of making the leap. Mm-hmm. Because it's good that you've done this market research, you talk with people, but like to actually then do it as a whole is 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 like okay. Did you, your family situation? Uh, are you married? Do you have any children? Like talk about that, and also talk. Did you have considerable amount of money in the bank? Did you have a little bit? Like give a feel for where your personal life was as well. Sure. Um, so I married um, two little girls. Um, I guess when I made the leap, one was about to turn three and one was uh, about six months old. Um, today, one is just turned four and one's about to turn two. Um, yeah, I mean, financially, I had sort of enough to float us for a few months, mm-hmm. but I certainly wasn't drawing from any sort of huge you know, cash reserve or being independently wealthy or anything. Um, and I also, um, um, and sorry. so you, so <laughs> when you wanted to make the decision, let's go back to when you wanted to make the decision, right? So you've got family, you've got a wife, you've got two young children, mm-hmm. probably determining is, is wife going to work? Is she not going to work? Yep. Is she going to be able to work if I take the leap? Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these different decisions. Walk the audience through the day you made the decision. Because I want to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I'll say I am a. I'm pretty. Most people think entrepreneurs are pretty risk. Uh, they like to take risks. I am actually pretty risk averse. Um, I'm pretty slow to make take risks. And so there certainly wasn't a moment or even a day when I made the decision. Um, what I did is I said, okay, today what I want. What what are we gonna do? So the first thing that happened was I got a consulting um, gig, a three month consulting gig with a friend. That was enough to cover uh, uh, somebody who ran another nonprofit in Richmond. That was enough to cover um, about half of my expenses. I then went back actually to my old corporate employer. And expenses of like your household expenses. Household expenses. Like kids get to eat food. (laughs) (laughs) Mortgage gets to be paid. The bankers don't come and take my house. Like house expenses. Like the very basic expenses. Um, so I got a, I, I got that gig and I was very excited about that um, and I I sort of that happened you know probably two months before I actually left my old job I actually went back to my old corporate employer believe it or not and um, worked out a two day a week gig with them as oh, well okay. um, to leave that door open Absolutely. and so so I I was kind of creating a lot of options for myself um, and I didn't actually leave that corporate employer until. I had enough revenue signed up, not just like the idea of revenue, but enough revenue like signed up so that I could know and I could sustain the family yeah. through the um, with just that that uh, that that job or with just the fractional CFO work. Um, and I was fortunate to get a halftime um, sort of fractional CFO uh, gig through a, a another a different nonprofit here in the actually in the Virginia region. Um, and so I was, I mean, you know, I'm not a, I was not a like. And I mean, I think this is fine if you are, but I was not a like I'm. I have to be a, a entrepreneur, and that's just the only thing I know. And I'm just going to keep working hard at it. Um, I was much more of a let's take a careful step. Let's I mean, let's do the research. Let's take a careful step. Let's get some um, somebody to sign up to work with me. Let's see how that goes. Let's keep my door open in my old employer. Let's make sure my network is strong. Um, and you know, bit by bit, it's sort of built into something where now I, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine not doing this, uh, mm-hmm. going forward, but it was a, it was a careful journey. And that's sort of how I, how I made sure that it operated well, because I mean, to your, to your point, like family, uh, kids, uh, mortgage, um, 
you know, I, I couldn't exactly sort of go off and, and, you know, not make any money for a year while I, you know, figured out what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. That wasn't really in the cards for me. Um, also, add, I, I didn't have any investors or investment either, um, which I know some some folks, when they say entrepreneurship, they they fundamentally mean investment, <laughs> investment investors. Um, that's not what I what I am. That's not what I did. Um, no one has ever offered any investment money. <laughs> right. um, Same I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying I wouldn't take it if somebody <laughs> out there wants to call me and, right, and offer yeah. some investment. Call me first. <laughs> before yeah, then, yeah, yeah. second choice would be Steve and call right, me first. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but but honestly, not having investors also gave a ton of freedom because um, in a sense, you know, you, you if, if the whole goal is to not have a boss and then you, you have investors, you in some ways do have a boss at that point. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so that offered me a lot of freedom. But, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was a year, I mean, it was probably Christmas of 2018 when I first had a conversation, I remember it was on Christmas day when I first had a conversation with my brother-in-law um, about ideas for entrepreneurship. Then it was seven months before I actually left my, my old job and sort of did a, a partial jump. And then it was probably another three months after that before I finally had enough either work that I knew that I already had signed up or that I knew was going to come. That I felt like I could, I could take the, the leap. So that's like a nine. It's a nine yeah. month leap. It's not a day leap. That's it's a right. nine month leap. So and that's yeah. often how it is. Yeah, that's often how it is. Um, let me ask you this, Stephen. Um, what is something that you are able to do now that you're full time in business for yourself that perhaps you may you were not able to do when you were working for someone else or in different roles? Yeah. Well, I came here to record this podcast in the middle of the day, <laughs> um, and I couldn't have done that in the yeah. other roles. Um, I, you know, even you know, yesterday I took a um, I took a walk around um, my office in the middle of the day just to kind of take a break, and that's that seems like a small thing, but like it was really nice to not have a meeting to go to, yeah. and to be able to flex that time. Um, I also, when I did sort of make the leap originally, I took, I did somewhere in there take two solid weeks off just stayed in Richmond and just spent time with the family, which was really neat and a lot of fun um, and a good way to recuperate. Um, that said, like the, the, the freedom that I feel like a lot of folks um, are very excited about. Um, and I am also excited about, I'm still, I feel like I'm still just in the nascent stage of that. Um, I have an idea. My, my whole, my whole extended family lives in the Austin, Texas area. And I'd love to spend a month uh, out down there with them or something like that. But like, who knows if that ever can actually come to pass. Um, so, so those are the kind of things that, um, that I, I feel like I, I'm looking forward to, but I'm, I'm definitely not there yet. Yeah. I say all the time, Steven, I mean, as often times when I do these uh, episodes and I talk and have these conversations, very few people talk about all the money. It's right. literally the time freedom. Yeah, that's the absolutely prices. right. Yeah. Right now, the most valuable thing I have is my time. Um, and the chance to be able to spend that with my kids, how I want to spend it with them, the chance to be able to um, work with the people who I want to work with um, matters a lot to me as well. Um, and and be able to avoid working with people I don't really want to work <laughs> with matters a lot to me. Um, and so that you're, you're absolutely right. The thing that is, and we think the thing that's most valuable is money, and there's certainly some value to money. Um, but the thing that's most valuable is our time um, and most limited. So. Where do you see yourself in two years? Yeah, yeah. When you when you sent across the questions last night, I I didn't know um, how to answer that. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. I I welcome I, to the life of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I mean, I I think I even have a honestly a stronger vision for where I'm going to be in ten years 
than where I'm going to be in two years because I don't know how I'm going to get from point A to point B. In 10 years, I want to have a business that I can, um, you know, that operates without me, essentially. Um, yeah. Either one I can I can sell um, or one that I at least can sort of step out of the day-to-day. Um, in two years, I expect to be in the thick of it. Um, I expect to be sort of hiring employees um, and, you know, building really strong processes and hopefully making our technology function really well um, and and sort of building an organization um, out as we kind of try to, in some ways, scale this thing. But on, to be honest, like even this last you know, six months I've tested out a couple other yeah, business ideas. Yeah. Like I'm open and I don't, I don't need to necessarily do what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm just sort of, um, you know, a little bit wandering in the dark, looking for what the, what ideas there are that are really going to stick. Does that make well, sense? The beauty is, is when you own your own business, you get to choose what you do. That, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I can't tell you how beautiful <laughs> it is. And, and maybe that's when you asked earlier your question, um, you know, what, what, what do I get to do now is I get to, I get to, explore different yeah. opportunities to run yeah. different kinds of businesses. And that's really fun and really um, neat. Um, and then the other thing I'll, I'll say, things that I get to do now is I, I get to not work with folks who I don't want to work with. And that's that might sound kind of harsh, but you know, in the corporate environment, I feel like a lot of t- times I was, um, and in fact, a lot of times I'd be, I'd be sort of paid to um, deal with things that were uh, suboptimal at, at best. And sometimes the people who were not great, um, but they were, you know, they were in the organization and there was, or, or were partnering with them and there was no way out. Um, and similarly, even running a nonprofit, I felt like there was a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, suboptimal ways that nonprofit in general structures are set up. Um, and then there's a lot of sort of, you know, hopes and dreams that are carried by the nonprofit that I felt ill-equipped. I think any human is ill-equipped to try to fulfill. Um, and so, um, so it's really neat to kind of just be be on your own and be yeah. free to kind of um, support folks who I like working with and and on missions that I care about, um, and just having a lot of freedom there within that. I enjoyed this, Stephen. Yeah. Where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me at um, weirconsulting.com, and my, uh, it's my last name Weir. That's like the word weird, but without the D. W e i r consulting.com. And I'd love it if you just set up some time and I'd be happy to chat. I actually have a, it's not on there, but I basically have a standing offer for anybody who just wants to talk about their organization's finances for an hour. I'll do it. Um, If there's an opportunity for us to work together at the end, we can talk about that. If there's not, that's fine too. Um, Particularly during the the, um, coronavirus pandemic, um, I've been able to have a lot of really interesting and good conversations with folks about their business finances. And, you know, a lot of them didn't lead anywhere, but that was fine. I was, I really enjoyed those conversations. Um, otherwise you can just email me Stephen at weirconsulting.com and I'd be more than happy to talk to you there as well you heard it first um, I really enjoyed this thank you Stephen yeah thanks Tim this has been really good I know you and I have already talked we're going to talk about what we can do to work together um, sounds great it's just going to be it's, I'm really excited yeah me too want to have a business that's going to grow and go globally you need specialists mm-hmm. you need specialists and I hope there's a lot of people that are listening to this that feel the same way. So uh, thank you for coming. And if I can, if I can actually just jump in one thing on the, on the specialist side, I feel like I didn't understand until very recently. And I wish I had understood, especially when I was running the nonprofit. Um, You know, you don't have to hire employees for everything. You can hire people with a very narrow set of expertise um, that really impacts your organization um, as a contractor. And in so many ways, and I, I say this as I'm, I'm a contractor now for a lot of organizations in so many ways, that's just 
so much better, right? You're not asking people to do things that they're not necessarily good at. You're not, um, you're, you're finding people with a ton of experience. You don't have the tremendously high salary or wages bill that you would have if you hired that person full time. And so there's this like universe of people out there who can just take care of your, your, your small things. And I've, I've seen a couple leaders that I work with really utilize that so incredibly well. And it just feels more efficient than the hire an employee who's supposed to be an expert at everything when there's mm-hmm. no way they can be. So I just I, I just want to wholeheartedly agree, both in as a specialist myself who you know who um, works with other organizations, and then someone who hires a bunch of different specialists to help. We are consulting like it's so much more efficient than than hiring an employee. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> well, this is uh, Tim May and Stephen Weir. Thank you so much for listening in to the Lead Podcast, wherever you are, whether you just woke up and you're brushing your teeth and you're listening to this, uh, whether you just got in bed and you want to listen to this as you're going to sleep, or maybe you're watching this with, uh, with your son or daughter, hoping they might be entrepreneurs. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you, and we'll check you out next time. Thanks so much, Tim. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends who you know would also love to take the leap. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you are leaving with some great things that can help you on your pathway to full-time business ownership. Now go out there and put one foot in front of the other. Until next time.